Uh, we're going to be turning to First uh, Kings chapter 19, verse 1 to 11. And I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Uh, and so if you want to follow, you can pull that up on your, um, on your phone or, or on an iPad or anything. Or if you've got an actual paper Bible with you, you can do the same. So that's First Kings chapter 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets and the sword. Sorry, with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, So I'm aware we've we've come across this verse quite a few times uh, during our series exploring uh, the Sabbath in particular, but in in exploring this practicing the way, and there's so much contained in there. But today, what I'm wanting to draw us to is to explore the humanity of Elijah, his humanity and his interactions with God, what that tells us about rest and the Sabbath for us. And the Practicing the Way website puts as their blurb for this particular talk for Sabbath and our humanity that says, as we acknowledge our humanity and aches, we create space to encounter the God who longs to meet with us. And this account from First Kings chapter 19 of Elijah, I think, demonstrates this quote. It demonstrates Elijah acknowledging his humanity and his aches. I want to die. Oh, this is too much. But in doing so, he's created the space for God to come and meet with him. He's created and allowed the opportunity for God to come and provoke him. And this is what we will be exploring this morning. It is here that Sabbath and our humanity intersect. 
So to delve into that a little bit more, I have a question for you. Are the things in you, the things in your soul at rest? When our soul is not at rest and we are in fact running from the very things we need to deal with, to face, to simply process. When we are, when we end up running from rest itself, maybe not consciously, but in, in, in effect we are running just like Elijah was running from Sabbath for fear of what it might bring up because actually if we're honest with ourselves, we are gripped with anxiety at the thought of stopping of resting, and of what that space might allow, and what it might allow to surface within us. What we can do is we can end up instead erecting barriers to stop God encountering us because we are forever running, never quite stopping long enough to allow ourselves to catch up. Bethany Allen puts it this way, until we deal with the things of our soul, we can end up being hindered in encountering all that God has for us. It wasn't until Elijah stopped, it wasn't until he allowed himself that space to stop that God could provoke him into an encounter with him. We as humans so often fail to deal with the things of our soul, those, those very real things inside of us. And so because of that, we not only miss out on this very soul rest that's actually being offered to us through the practice of Sabbath, but we also miss out on encounters with God. We've got to acknowledge and begin to process the very things going on inside of us. David G. Benner puts it this way, if I can have the quote, thank you, Nathan. Before we can surrender ourselves, we must become ourselves, for no one can give up what he or she does not first possess. Before we can surrender ourselves, we've got to acknowledge the very stuff inside us. We've got to acknowledge that that we are processing, that that makes us who we are so that we can surrender it to God, so that we can stop and hand it to him and allow him to come and meet us in those feelings, in those thoughts, in those circumstances, to heal us, to provoke us, to meet with us, to talk with us. So putting it another way, if we're going to get anywhere in this practice of Sabbath, it's going to have to start with us being intentional about a few things. So we're just going to run through uh, a few of these and hopefully I'll interject a few stories just to kind of help uh, expand on this. But first of all, we have to accept our humanity. If we're going to get anywhere in this practice of Sabbath, we've got to start with accepting and acknowledging our humanity. I've got to truly acknowledge who I am, first with myself and then with God. You've got to acknowledge who you are. You've got to acknowledge those things in you that make you who you are, first with yourself and then with God. We see that with Elijah. He's stopping and he's acknowledging the very things that's going on. 
And to be able to be open about it, to be able to talk about it, to stop running from it, we have to stop and accept our humanity. We've got to accept those things so that we can be honest about it with God. And we see Elijah entering honestly into his time with God. And so must we. When we when we want to enter into this time with God, we want to do so honestly. God God knows the stuff that's going on in us anyway. But it's like having those conversations with someone where you you already know the situation that's going on. You know that something's not quite right, or you might even know the full details. But you can't then have a proper conversation with that person if they themselves won't acknowledge it. If they them, themselves won't... Uh, be truthful and honest with themselves, therefore permitting that honest conversation. If we don't show up all the way, then the enemy has leverage to use what was meant for God's design, for flourishing, for intimacy, for true soul rest, to hinder it from actually happening. Bethany Allen says this, if I can have the quote, thank you Nathan. The things about ourselves that we refuse to acknowledge are and will be given increased power and influence by our failure to accept them. Those things that we push away, those things that we don't want to face to look at, begin to have more and more power over us. They can begin to dictate our decisions and choices the more we hold them at a a distance and say they don't exist and decide not to deal with them. She phrases it again like this. That which we avoid will most tyrannize us. That which we avoid will most tyrannize us. That which we push away will begin to have the loudest voice over us. And it can sound quite uh, on the flip, if that makes sense. We're, we're, we're sort of trying to ignore it and we're trying to say, no, I cannot hear it. It doesn't exist. But the more we do that, the louder its voice becomes and the louder we permit its voice to become. So to accept our humanity, we've got to acknowledge our emotions, the good and the bad and the ugly, if you want the film title. And for me, this has been a very real thing. This has been a huge part of my journey for years. There, there was a point in my teenage years where I just wouldn't accept emotions. I had kind of numbed and dumbed them down so much to a point that emotions kind of weren't even a thing that I would kind of allow to cross uh, any sort of processing or internalizing. But in my journey with God and in my years of journeying with God, I've really had to learn to accept the good and the bad in that. And many of you may may have heard me tell this story before, but in May 2018, I entered into this kind of season of the soul that I ended up terming the, the unraveling. And it was a process and, and uh, a season of processing that was kick-started primarily with one conversation, but it threw up everything in one moment. It was almost like I was dropped into the middle of this and began having to process a whole load of things. Uh, again, things that I had processed before, but in a new way, having to really wrestle with them with God. And in fact, a week or two before that conversation, I had... Uh, I had spent some time with two uh, really close friends of mine and we had spent some time worshipping together and a chorus kind of emerged and we just began singing this out as a prayer. Nathan, if I can have the next slide. You can't really see that, I don't think. Um, that's right, we'll get to the next slide. Um, 
And in that processing, in that prayer, was a very real and raw kind of cry to God. And it was all about God, come and unravel me. And then I had this conversation about a week or two later that threw everything up. And I knew in that moment I was... If I was going to get through that, if I was going to process through that, I needed to sit down with God. And so since 2010, I've journaled uh, and more intentionally kind of journaled about things with God since 2012. And so I knew from that conversation I needed to sit down and write this stuff down, write the questions that almost didn't have a tangible answer to them, write down the kind of existential questions that were being raised in me, questions about myself, questions about the things I was doing and involved in, and I needed to process that. And so I had this conversation with God, and I just knew I needed to document it into journal. Now, this isn't the same journal from May 2018. This one uh, began in August 2018, so not long afterwards. Um, and if some of you saw that, it has a Star Trek logo on it. It was uh, bought by a friend who, who knew me very well. But it, these journals can hold those moments for me to process with God, process the emotions, to write down the things that God is saying, the things that I am in the process of journey, journeying. And that is what the unraveling was for me, a kind of unraveling of all the stuff that was going on to kind of face some of the core things, the basic things, the underlying aches with God. And going back to the song, I went back to it with uh, these two guys and, and with a number of other friends. And we we ended up sitting down with this and a song emerged. And from the previous picture, which I don't know if you could see very well, it was a hand-drawn picture by none other than Bethany. And she had drawn what it looked like having this tangled heart into the unravel. And this is then what it became. She did this again for us for releasing the, the track. And we had this uh, kind of this beautiful track that emphasized the rawness, that emphasized the journey and emphasized the process. It was something that captured the honesty. It captured the truth of the journey and of the process. But as well as acknowledging our emotions, we also need to acknowledge our body, accept what our body is telling us, be real and honest with what it is that our body is letting us know and with what we really need. Nathan, can I have the next slide? Thank you. So here are some photos of uh, of our honeymoon. There's only one, actually, of Alice and I in there. But a number of different things from the first leg in our tour, as I call it, of our um, multiple destination honeymoon. So I have been married to my lovely wife for just over two and a half years, by by a few days. And... Um, and we got married back in August 2018, and the first part of our honeymoon took us to Italy, which is where the photos are that you're seeing. In fact, primarily, all of them are from the Amalfi Coast. Uh, and we had this wonderful time there. We had so many different amazing experiences and opportunities, largely occupied around food. Now, food only features in one of those photos, but there was so much food constantly food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Nathan, can I have the next slide? Thank you. So this was the view from the hotel kind of dining area where you could sit outside and literally look out over the coast. 
But it was towards the end of our time in Italy that I sat, Alice and I were having this conversation. I was like, you know, I just, when we get home, I have to stop eating. I literally have to stop eating. I cannot, my body cannot deal with this amount of food. It cannot deal with the amount of food we're eating at breakfast and the amount of food we're eating at lunch and the amount of food we're eating at dinner. I just cannot deal with this to be able to remain healthy. My body can't do this to be able to stay in a state of healthiness where it's looked after, where it was remaining in a healthy balance. And I knew that for myself, that part of, part of that was needing, my body was telling me I needed to reduce the amount of food that I was eating. I needed to listen to what my body was telling me about food, to what my body was telling me about the drink as well substitute some of the food for drinking more water and there might be many of us that need to just listen to what our body is telling us about food it might not be necessarily that your body is telling you you're eating too much food although in lockdown maybe it is but we just need to listen to what it is what is our body telling us maybe it's about sleep maybe it is about space what is our body telling us maybe it's physical aches in our body where our body is just telling us don't go for that run again. I can't handle it. Rest. Listen to our body. Acknowledge and accept our humanity. And being honest can look like saying, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm afraid. I'm angry. Where were you? Where were they? They were meant to stand with me, not leave me. All these questions are valid and all that is part of accepting our humanity. Nathan, the next slide, please. And number two, we need to be honest about our experiences. What did you experience this week? How did that experience or that encounter with that person affect you? Because it mattered. It really mattered. Now, I really sense this morning on our way over here that actually there's some of you this morning that really need to hear this, that actually you've almost been belittled for your experiences or there are things that you have gone through, things that you are going through where people have told you just to pull your chin up a little bit or, oh, it's okay because God's with you. And that that is truth. God is with you. But it almost diminishes what it is you're going through. It almost robs you of the permission to acknowledge what it is that you are experiencing. And I want to tell you this morning, those experiences that have affected you, however that might be for good or for bad, they matter. They really do matter. And where you're told maybe, oh, it's fine or, or, or it will be okay, I want to tell you it's okay to feel the things you are feeling. Not that they necessarily have to dictate, but that you are being honest with yourself so much so, so that you can have that encounter with God. What are your needs, your wants, and your desires? Number three, Nathan, if we can have that side up as well. Part of accepting our humanity and being honest about our experiences is embracing our limitations. At the heart of Sabbath, it is us saying, I am human. Bethany Allen says this, in your innate design, you are created to need him, to have union with him. And when we don't bring the reality of that, when we don't acknowledge our limitations, we are effectively saying there is no room for you to work here. 
We must embrace our limitations. We must embrace the fact that we are human. And sometimes our body says, just stop. Please don't go out again today. Or, you know what? You're really hungry. Just go get yourself a snack. Or, you know what? That experience was just disheartening. Stop. Rest. And for Alice and I, this has been something that we've particularly been feeling for the last six months. We've noticed where we, we've, we've had a whole load of circumstantial and situational things going on that have been out of our hands, out of our control. And we've had to embrace that. And we've had to embrace our limitations in that. And particularly for me, I've had to embrace those days where it's like, I can't deal with this today. I know that my body and my soul is telling me, not today. So I just need to hand my phone to Alice to go, you need to take that call. I can't do that today. And then finally, number four, we need to embrace our failures, our strengths, and our weaknesses. Simply for honesty. Bringing all these things before God actually liberates us to encounter all that he has for us. Bringing all these things before God actually liberates us to encounter all that he has for us. So what does all this actually do? Well, it permits rest because there is something ultimately freeing about bringing a lot of the truth, if not everything, into the light with God. It allows me to fully enter into soul rest. Being honest with God opens the door for me to actually deal with some of the deeper things of my soul and of my inner self. Things such as the conviction of sin, things such as repentance, or even some of those deep questions like I mentioned in my season of the unraveling, to wrestle with God. All of these deeper things are ultimately a call to freedom. For example, the call to repentance is a call to freedom and a call to holiness and wholeness. This is what the Sabbath is all about. We read in Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 12. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Rest permits the opportunity to deal with some of these deeper things that are ultimately calling us to freedom, calling us to greater wholeness, and calling us to holiness, to sanctification. I remove the shackles so I can delight and celebrate. It's here where I remember I am no longer a slave no longer a slave to the sin that entangled me or what has been or what is to come. I am free. And then all of a sudden I can breathe again because the pressure is all off. That pressure that is overwhelming, if we actually let ourselves feel it, the pressure where we are trying to be God, to push through, to control or to bury or to keep secret, it is exhausting. Instead, I am now in a space when I'm confronting this, to be able to confess and repent with delight. And I can move into a space where I can say, I am more dependent on you than I ever realized. And that, so contrary to what the world might say, is the most freeing place I can be. 
it's a space that he just squashes, squashes my pride and reminds me that I am too small to be God and that I wasn't designed to be. One of my favorite things that Bethany Allen said in her talk, it's a space that he just squashes my pride and reminds me that I am too small to be God and that I wasn't designed to be. And I can breathe. But we have to notice the ache and we have to then wait for the encounter. Putting it another way, as we deal with the deeper things of our soul, the realities of those deeper places within us, and then begin to notice the ache within us, and don't just leave it there, but engage him in the deeper places of aching inside ourselves, then we, like Elijah, begin to position ourselves into a space of greater encounter. Or even put another way, within the mystic traditions of Christian faith, there is an understanding as follows. We are always in the presence of God. What is absent is our awareness. Meaning this, that this is the space that we turn all our attention to him and we lean in and we wait because he never left. He was always there. When we work through our emotions, when we work through the ache of our soul, it is then that we are actually ready to receive what God has. And so often we are waiting for this large encounter, this big moment. But have we done the work to hold the encounter? This is the practice of Sabbath, getting ourselves ready to receive from God and to be actively looking for the goodness of God in our lives. Sabbath moves us to that place and space, but if we are not ready, then we will miss it. And so this is how I want to wrap up this morning, diving back into first chapter Kings and reading on from verse 11. Verse 11 through to verse 18. So starting in verse 11 again. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, Abel Mehola, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. 
Elijah and God then proceed to have this very real and honest conversation. And it is from here that Elijah was positioned to hold this encounter, the encounter that actually he had been running from, running from himself and in essence running from God. But by dealing with those things, having that real honest conversation with God about where he was at, positioned himself for this encounter and then positioned him to effectively operate in his God-given authority once again. He receives his commission, if you like, to go and anoint. It was now that he could go and do the things that he had been doing before, but all this internal stuff was getting in the way of, was causing him to flee from. Now he was ready to operate in his God-given authority once again, from a place of rest. Now, very briefly, just as I wrap up, if I can have the next slide, please, Nathan. Um, as some of you might have heard me share before as well, coming out of the season of unraveling was sort of about the the autumn term or August 2019. And it was very clear God was saying this season was coming to an end, that season of unraveling. And in its place... Uh, was coming a season of rest, but more than just rest, operating from a place of rest. And during the unraveling season, Alice and I had received a number of different words, uh, words that may have come to us individually, but became words for us as a couple. Words about coming back to the camp, uh, retreating back to the ranch, having a period of time in the ranch, going back to the porch, and this porch analogy it came in a kind of an image of a really good, old-fashioned, I say old-fashioned, not that old, American-styled porch, like in those pictures. And it had come from an image where it was like we had been out in the town, we had been running from house to house, we had been helping, we had been fixing things, we had been out and about, very extroverted, if you like, in one sense, meeting lots of people, lots of those situations. We had been out in, out in town doing things. And God was saying, but that's not where I am. I'm back on the porch. I'm sat there in one of those armchairs, ready for you to come and sit with me again. And what it is, is we'll deal with the things that come to the porch. We'll deal with the things that come our way. We won't go out and find them. We'll be here and we'll notice them when they come. But we can operate from the place of authority that is our house, that is our porch that is our territory. That is where we can operate from. And that is like what we see with Elijah, operating in authority from a place of rest. That is what we felt God was calling Alice and I to. And we're still learning that. In fact, we've really had to learn that over and what that looks like over the last six months in particular. But I believe this is actually what God is calling us to as a whole, as a community, to operate from a place of rest so that we don't burn ourselves, our souls out and become people that uh, end up fleeing from what it is that God is calling us to. So I want to finish with these couple of quotes. Bethany Allen says, He wants to come and meet with us and he doesn't need a mountain to do it. He doesn't need a mountaintop to speak to us. He just needs our eyes open 
and ears alert to the ordinary moments where he shows up and gives us an extraordinary encounter. We want to encounter the space to process with God through rest, through Sabbath, to excavate the soul, to process the emotions and feelings, to draw into safety, into him, where we are held in our wrestling, in our suffering, through the journey, through the process, in our uncomfortability, in our pain, maybe even our night season of the soul, because beneath the emotional turmoil lies a deeper God-given desire for him. It is how we were designed. The purpose of Sabbath is to slow down long enough to encounter God deeply and to slow ourselves down enough so that we can actually see him and hear him to, like Elijah, position ourselves before him, just resting, creating space and waiting, and in that waiting, being healed and finding rest for our souls. Sabbath is a slow journey to rest.